Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central. And it starts right now. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Sports Unlimited right here on Southern Sports Central. My name is Brandon Biscoving, and I've got three hours jam-packed worth of great sports talk content this morning. Got a couple of great guests coming on. As always, got the phone lines wide open. 323-784-9681 is that number to call. That number again, 323-784-9681. And hey, guess what? It's crazy to think about. I don't know. I I don't really know what to say. I don't know if I want to say this year has, this season has gone by quickly or it's gone by kind of slowly because for the team I broadcast for, it's been a very up and down year. It seemed, there have been times that it seems like, okay, this team's looks looks good you don't want the season to end and there have been times where it's like okay let's just this season over already but we are at the end of the line final week of the regular season in high school football uh so that's going to be the big thing we're going to be talking about this morning all of the 
playoff scenarios, all of the different seeding situations that are going on this evening. Lots of games that have playoff implications still tonight, and some that are pretty crazy to talk about, honestly, when it comes to what could potentially happen tonight. Uh, so we'll get all that for you, give you a full uh, preview of tonight, all the good matchups, everything that you need to know. Um, tune for all of that. At 7.30, we'll have Marcus Boston Brinkley from Fort Mill joining me, talk about his season, talk about his commitment to Charlotte, bunch of good stuff there. And then at 8.30, I'll have Lou Bejak from the state joining me to get you all ready for all the matchups in the Midlands and around the state uh, this evening. Before we, uh, before we get into all of that, let me just go through a few uh, recruiting notes. Not as many this week as there was last week, but still at least a few. Uh, It's nice seeing more and more guys getting offers uh, as we slowly but surely head towards crunch time, head towards, you know, early early signing day in December, and then obviously national signing day in February. But, yeah, let's go through those recruiting notes real quick get you prepared for uh, Marcus Boston Brinkley joining me at the bottom of the hour. Malachi Fuller from Greer was offered by Charlotte. Mazio Bennett from Greenville offered by Virginia Tech. Mackie Williams from Crestwood offered by Gardner-Webb. Nate Branch from Lower Richland offered by Coastal. Boyce Bankhead from AC Flora offered by Presbyterian. Montique Rand from Sumter, offered by West Virginia. And two commitments this week, not football, uh, but on the women's basketball court, Talasia Cooper from East Clarendon has been a highly sought-after recruit uh, throughout her high school career. She did decide to stay home and commit to Dawn Staley, South Carolina. May try to get her on... uh, in a couple of weeks as we get closer to basketball season, which is quickly approaching uh, basketball season practices uh, start next week. And then there's some scrimmages uh, that are going to be happening over the next couple of weeks after that, before the regular season starts right after Thanksgiving. Uh, so, you know, never, it never stops. When one season ends, another one is just around the corner. So, you know, yes, football season is on its way out now, but you don't have basketball season right behind it. So, And then on the baseball diamond, Braylon Mitchell from Hanahan committed to Charleston. So there are your recruiting notes uh, for this week. Before we get into... What's going on this week after um, Marcus Boston Brinkley comes on? Talk about a couple of games from uh, last week. Well, first, there were a couple of games canceled this week. Uh, Saluda versus Batesburg-Leesville 
was canceled, as was Andrew Jackson versus Buford. So those games will not be occurring uh, this week. But let's go through the games for last week real quick. And I think, well, there are there are a good few big games um, from last week. Uh, and I don't really know, like, you know, I mean, each one is big in its own respect. Uh, but let's just go through a couple of these real quick. Um, Spring Valley, well, yeah, Spring Valley and Bledsoe wasn't really all that big. I think everyone pretty much knew wh- how that one was going to go. T.L. Hanna against Burns, another one that, you know, most people probably knew how that was going to go down. It didn't have any reason implications or anything, but still. The biggest game, especially here on the Grand Strand, well, uh, one of the biggest games, but certainly one that was exhilarating, thrilling, one of my most exciting games to call, certainly. Carolina Forest being able to come from behind with less than a minute to go on the clock and win it no time left. A walk-off win for the Panthers over Socrates. That's a huge win for the Panthers. But at the same time, it does leave you worried. Because... Yes, Sakasi is on the rise. They're getting better. But but this is not a team that I would say, at least, Carolina Forest should be struggling against. Um, yes, they got the win. That's great. And that's all that really matters. But still, it's one of those where, you know, does it, you know, does it really, uh, you know, what what does it really say about the Panthers moving forward? Uh, Dutch Fork, not really all that surprising, but did clinch up Region 5 uh, with a 49-3 win over Lexington at home. Not really all that surprising there. Uh, Dorchester clinched up Region 8 with a win over West Ashley, 18-12. to 12. That game was a little closer than I think a lot of people thought it would be, considering, you know, Fort Dorchester is considered one of the best teams in the state. Uh, Boiling Springs basically put the kibosh on Fort Mills' uh, hopes of being in the playoffs this year. Talk to Marcus Boston Brinkley about that in um, a little bit, in, in just a little bit. Seals Fort Mills' fate. Hillcrest dominated JL Mann, uh, which, again, not really all that surprising, but that sets 
an interesting matchup tonight between T.L. Hannah and Hillcrest. That will be a game to determine the region champion in Region 1. Uh, Ridview beat Rock Hill, which, you know, it helps Ridview, but, I mean, they still need to beat Blackwood tonight. I believe, at least. That's something that um, that we're going to have to talk to Lou Bezek about when he comes on, how how that playoff um, situation holds up there. Kane Bay uh, beat Stahl. Again, not really all that surprising. Not a, not a region matchup. Um, but still a game, uh, a good game there. Stratford and Berkeley. That game was kind, at least somewhat to determine, well, Stratford more than likely would not be able to get the two seed, even with the Cane Bay loss tonight. But yet to be seen. Uh, there. St. James, not really all that surprising there. That sets up a big matchup. We'll talk about this in a little bit, but tonight's game between St. James and Carolina Forest, I'd say, has more, has bigger consequences for St. James. Let's just put it that way. St. James has more to lose than Carolina Forest does. Uh, beat Wando on the road. Not really all that surprising there. Uh, and then Lawrence beat White Knoll on the road as well. Um, which that was a bit of a surprise as well. Although White Knoll not playing very well this season. Uh, in 4A... I think the biggest, I won't say surprise, but definitely the biggest game and the most exciting game in 4A was Greenwood against Greenville and Greenwood, by the skin of their teeth, being able to pull it off at home 30-29. to And that essentially... Clinches up, yeah. That that clinches up the uh, the region for them. Um, some other matchups uh, in in four A. James Island beat Hilton Head, which that makes an interesting scenario now with both of those teams at two and two. Um, we'll have to wait and see what happens there, how those two teams uh, get determined in terms of who makes it into the playoffs. Aiken, uh, or excuse, yeah, that one's not that big. Richland Northeast beat Dreer, uh, which that 
keeps Richland Northeast's hopes alive uh, for making the playoffs. That's another uh, that's another interesting region out there. Uh, region four, four A, uh, and you know, not many people expected it. Well, I won't say many, not many people expected it, but the other big game in that region was Westwood versus Irmo, and Westwood winning it 42-37 to where now it's a three-way tie for the region title, at least as of right now, between AC Flora, Irmo, and Westwood. And they're all playing the other three teams. They've all played each other. So now, assuming all three of those teams win tonight, where does that leave the region in terms of region champion? That's going to be another question that I'll have to ask Lou when he comes on at 8.30. And then the other, the final big, big matchup, uh, and this was another entertaining game, was Myrtle Beach and South Florence. And... Myrtle Beach showed why, you know, they're one of the best teams, and now they're ranked number one in the state in 4A. Uh, they showed why they're and, you know, they look primed and ready to go for the playoffs next week. And what's even crazier about that, and I'll talk about this, uh, you know, in a little bit, with with the numbers with with the way um with the way the tiebreakers work South Florence could be going from playing for the region championship to down into the lower part now they've clinched a playoff spot they're in the playoffs but they could be an away team they could be a lower seed in the playoffs if they lose tonight to West. And that just shows how how much each game, especially down here and down the stretch, uh, matters for for all of these teams. Um, another game that, uh, while we don't know how will pan out yet another game that had playoff implications uh and a big road win was Pickens winning over Travelers Rest 38-34 on the road that that that's impressive um a really big uh or excuse me but one way but it it's Actually, the other way there. Going down into 3A, there were a couple of matchups in 3A that uh, at least could, certainly had playoff implications in in that game, in in the game, but we don't know how it's going to turn out quite yet. Bishop England beat North Charleston, which pretty much locks up Region 8, but we 
don't know for sure. Uh, that's going to be one to keep an eye on uh, between all of those. Powderville be Blue Ridge on the road, keeping their undefeated season alive, and basically pushing Blue Ridge into the in, outside looking in more than likely. Uh, Woodruff beat Brom in uh, on the road, and that pretty much. Now it's just a matter of Brome and Emerald seeing who makes it in between those two. You've got uh, Berea and and Carolina. Berea being Carolina, it's 22 to 12. That you know, it it certainly has uh, implications, but not really all that surprising. At the same time, Gilbert beats Strom Thurmond twenty-one to seven. That makes things interesting in that region, uh, because now you have you do have that three-way tie. At the top, Gilbert, Brooklyn Casey, and Orangeburg Wilkinson. Um, and we still don't fully know who... Uh, actually, I think Gilbert did clinch the... Uh, did clinch the division, or the region, rather. But you're, we're still trying to figure out who... Uh, who between the other two, Brooklyn Casey and Orangeburg Wilkinson, who will have the uh, home field advantage. And that will be t- tonight when those two teams face off. So that's a that's a big game to keep an eye out for tonight. And then not too, too many. Uh, Southside and Palmetto. Southside be, being Palmetto. Uh keeps their undefeated season alive, or undefeated in terms of uh, in the region. Southside is the more interesting. uh, They lost all of their non-region games, but have won all their region games. Probably because they were playing a a tough region, or a tough non-region schedule. So, I mean, it makes sense, but it's still... Talk about a turnaround. And, you know, with with that, Southside and Powdersville play tonight. Powdersville. So that's going to be, that's going to be a game to determine that region. So that should be, that, that should be a fun one. And then that's pretty much it. Wren, Wren just barely beat Belton on a path uh, to go to two and one. Both of those teams are two and one. Still, 
well, Ren has the tiebreaker. So, barring Ren losing tonight, Actually, I take that back. That's one of the regions that pushed their region schedule up. So they are completely done. And thus, uh, Ren is the two seed. Belton and Iapath is the three seed in that region. That'll uh, through the remainder of 2A and 1A. Uh, after we after we talk with uh, Marcus Boston Brinkley at the bottom of the hour, and then uh, and then we'll talk about some games tonight, week ten of the SEHSL season, the final week, and a lot of playoff spots, a lot of playoff hopes still alive, still trying to keep thing keep. Uh, Keep them in it. So I'll take a quick break and come right back. We'll have Marcus Boston Brinkley coming on at the bottom of the hour right here on Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central. Hey, yo. You ready? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Yo, yeah. 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 Ye
Since the notorious, be everything still glorious. We still got warriors, still be the victorious. See, it's a lot of them, but it's more of us. Still got cash to blow, raps to flow. Still them cats to know, pack to flow. That's for sure. The pop, the rock, play the background, hand them a shot. Hold them a money to get. Cost to flip, love it, place nothing above it It's on like that, don't believe we ain't going like that We're always going to be here, we there We ain't going nowhere We ain't going nowhere We ain't going nowhere We can't be stopped now And this bad boy come like we Welcome back to Sports Unlimited right here on Southern Sports Central. And as promised, Marcus Boss brings me on your line. Marcus, good morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, glad to be on the show. Joining me, first off, congratulations on the commitment. What made you choose Charlotte? What stood out to you about the program? Um, so it really, for me, it was about the academics and the staff and the facilities were all great. And the program, you know, is on the rise and it's got a lot of positive energy. And I think it's just the perfect fit for me. What are you, uh, I don't know if you've heard some of the, uh, rumors about them potentially moving to conference USA, but what are your thoughts on the, the chaos that's going on right now? Uh, I think it's a great move and um, just uh, be able to play better competition. I think it'll be great for us. All right. Do you have an idea of what you're uh, planning on studying at Charlie yet? Uh, Yes, sir. I'm thinking about studying uh, computer science engineering. When it comes to your overall recruitment, whether it was with uh, Charlotte or one of the other schools, were there any cool moments or funny experiences or stories? Uh, yes, sir. Um, I guess uh, one of the cooler moments was being able to um, go into the locker room with uh, the Charlotte players and just um, enjoying their um, enjoying their win over their first uh, game with Duke, and that felt it felt great you know, uh, and uh, be able to hang out with them in the club lit. Looking at your senior season, uh, the team hasn't been playing as well as I'm sure you would have hoped for your final year of high school ball. Uh, Looks like tonight will be your final game for Fort Mill. What are your thoughts going into that final game? Uh, it just mostly to me, it feels surreal. You know, it's just like, I feel like, you know, it hasn't been long since I first started as a freshman and, you know, some of those guys I've been playing with since middle school. And so for this to be my last game playing with them, it's just, 
it's just, you know, just can't believe it. What, have you talked to some of those guys that you have been playing your entire life with, giving them any messages, especially to some of the guys that are younger than you that will still be at Fort Mill following this year? Uh, yes, sir. I just keep telling them, you know, for the younger guys, just keep working hard, you know, and even though this isn't the season they most hope for, I just tell them, you know, keep working hard, keep doing better, and, you know, you know it'll turn around eventually, you know, as long as they put in the work and as long as they believe that they can win, you know, it'll happen. What are some of your, the memories that you'll always carry with you when it comes to your time at Fort Mill? Uh, just overall hanging out with everyone, you know, you you know, just hanging out on and off the field, you know, getting to go with them to school, having the same classes, you know, and just collaborating with them and, you know, laughing, talking, you know, that's something I'll always remember because those guys, man, I wouldn't want to be with no other guys than them. And Finally, with the football season about to come to an end, any other things you're looking forward to when it comes to your final year of high school off the field? Uh, I would just say finishing school off and just uh, join my graduation with my friends and and join it with the family and everyone else. Well, good luck with uh, your last high school game tonight, and good luck with everything in the future at Charlotte, and thanks for joining me this morning. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you for having me on. Yep, of course. That was uh, Marcus Boston Brinkley from Fort Mill joining me, and, you know, yeah, he's going to be going somewhere with Charlotte, and... I I didn't bring it up because yet because I was waiting until later on when we were talking about college to bring it up. But yeah, Charlotte is rumored right now to be potentially headed toward heading to Conference USA. Um Or excuse me, I take that back. They're not moving to Conference USA. They are moving to uh they might be moving to the American maybe? I I remember seeing that they were moving somewhere. Um but I forget where right now. Um but 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 we'll we'll talk about that um a little further uh later on. Right now we'll jump back into uh talking about last week's games and talking about uh the rest of the season and what uh moving forward for the rest of the year or for this last for this last uh week of high school ball. In two A not too many games that really meant a ton last week. Uh, we'll have a few more this week. Um, but Abbeville, Chesney beat Blacksburg, 34-14. Uh, 
that wasn't really all that surprising, but it does pretty much lock up where Chesney's going to be. Um, and and what what happens there. Um, and then... You've got not too many uh, other games in in two A that were really that were really important uh, last week. One of the craziest scores: Great Collegiate beat Euclid two nut points that were scored was a safety. That that's a baseball score, not a football score. That reminds that reminds me of the Giants and uh, Giants and Panthers game this week. At least in the beginning, at least the first, you know, first couple of quarters, the first half. Uh, Lake City beat Andrews thirty-four to six. That uh, pretty much locks up uh, where those teams are going to be. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, Pelion beat Barnwell. That, uh, that actually sets up an interesting scenario with Pelion and Barnwell, um, for this week, because as of right now, Barnwell is in the three seed and Pelion's in the four seed. But with that win, Pelion would actually jump Barnwell as long as they either both win or both lose tonight. Pelion faces off against Odesso, which more than likely would be a win for Pelion. So they'd probably have the three seed locked up at this point after that win last week. Uh Philip Simmons beat Timberland twenty four to thirteen. That locks uh that clinched uh Philip Simmons the region six to a uh championship. And then Timberland and Woodland are at two and three. They play tonight. So that game will determine who gets home field advantage. Uh, makes it easy when makes it easy when uh, things work out like that, and you just this is a head-to-head matchup. Whoever wins gets it, you know, gets the home field. Whoever loses is going on the road. Simple. You don't have to do much math. It's it's nice when you don't have to worry about doing much math. And then looking at 1A, Baptist Hill just barely was able to beat Cross. And that sets up That 
clinch his uh, Baptist Hills region championship. But the fact that Cross is winless this season in Baptist Hill is undefeated. The fact that that game came as close as it did was pretty surprising. Uh, Southside Christian Dixie pretty handily uh, to clinch the region title. Southside Christian, like I mentioned at the beginning of the year, doesn't look like anyone's going to be able to beat them. Uh, Green C. Floyd beat Hannah Pamplinko in a very entertaining game there uh, to lock to presumably lock up uh, Region 5-1A championship, although they do still have to play Lakeview tonight in an official region championship game because if Lakeview wins, they would become region champions. Uh, looking at some of the other matchups, that I think pretty much wraps it up for all of those games uh, in terms of, you know, uh, games that really mattered last week. But yeah, you know, things are things are getting to you know, we are in crunch time now. And so it is that moment where, you know, you have to wonder uh you have to look at the games and see, okay, who's who are the teams to beat? Uh Looking at the media polls real quick. Going to go through the media polls uh, before we uh, before we move on to some other talking points. I talk about uh, this week's games. In 5A, Dutch Fork surprised at one with 17 first place votes. Fort Dorchester at two, Gaffney at three, T.L. Hannah at four. Northwestern at 5, Sumter at 6, Spring Valley jumps up from 8 to 7, Hillcrest jumps up from 9 to 8, Lexington drops down from 7 to 9, Chapin moves up from not being ranked to 10th, while Burns drops down from 10th into the into the receiving votes category, also receiving votes Goose Creek, Spartanburg, Dorman, and Riverside. 5A has pretty much, has, has, Settled pretty much at this point. Uh, you know, it's pretty much whoever wins between Dutch Fork and Fort Dorchester against whoever wins against between Gaffney and uh, and it's probably going to be Dutch Fork again. Don't get me wrong; I don't see anyone beating them this year. But you know, it'll still be an interesting a uh, couple of weeks. In 4A, we have another new number one for the third week in a row. Uh, Myrtle Beach jumps up from two to one. South Point jumps with 11 first place votes. South Point jumps up from three to two with three first place votes. Greenwood jumps up from five to three with they do not get any first place votes. AC Flora stays at four. They are still receiving three first place votes. 
which is kind of surprising with them losing a game. Greenville drops down from one to five after their loss to Greenwood. Surprised that Greenwood didn't get any first place votes, though, considering they beat the beat the number one team. And it wasn't like they weren't ranked at all in a huge upset. Greenwood's a very good team. So, 4A, I think, is one of the more interesting classifications when it comes to the playoffs. Because it seems like, and just based on what we've seen on a week-to-week basis, it seems like everyone can beat everyone, at least at the top. Uh, going up from seven to six is York. Dropping down from six to seven is West Florence. Jumping up from nine to eight is, or excuse me, dropping down from six to seven is South Florence. Jumping up from nine to eight is West Florence. That's going to be a huge game. Obviously, it's a rivalry game anyway between South and West tonight. Is going to be. It has huge implications on the playoffs tonight between the two. Jumping up from 10 to 9 is May River. Jumping up from not being ranked to 10th is Buford. Dropping out of the poll from 8 down to also receiving votes is Irmo. And also receiving votes is South Aiken. In 3A, Daniels at 1 with 17 first place votes. Dylan at 2. Chapman at 3. Camden at 4. Hunt at 5, Powersville at 6, Lower Richland at 7, Brooklyn Cage at 8, Gilbert jumps up from 10 to 9, and Ainer drops down from 9 to 10. Also receiving votes and Woodruff. 3A has settled down a lot as well. Seems like we pretty much know who who is going to be, who are the teams to beat in 3A. In 2A, Abbeville at one with 16 first-place votes. Ray Collegiate at two with one first-place vote. Silver Bluff at three. Marion at four. Phillips Simmons jumps up from seven to five. Saluda jumps up from nine to six. Chesterfield jumps up from not being ranked to seventh. Timberland drops down from five to eight. Christchurch drops down from six to nine. Wade Hampton at ten, also receiving votes, dropping down from eight is Barnwell, and also receiving votes, St. Joseph's, Andrew Jackson, and Pelion, and then rounding things off with 1A, Southside Christian at 1 with 17 first-place votes, Bamberg Earhart at 2, Baptist Hill jumps up from 4 to 3, Lamar drops down from 3 to 4, Whale Branch at 5, Rich Spring Manetta at 6, Lakeview at 7, Green C. Floyds jumps up from 10 to 8. C.E. Murray ju- jumps up from not being ranked to 9th. Calhoun County also jumps up from not being ranked to 10th. Dixie drops down from 8 to the receiving votes, as does Ham- Hannah Pamplinka from 9, drops down to receiving votes. And also receiving votes is Great Falls. Rounding off the uh, the other news outside of looking at week 10, 
as we'll take a break in just a little bit and then focus entirely on week 10, talking about all the different matchups that are going on tonight, uh, especially the ones that matter, especially the ones that have playoff implications. Talk about those in just a little bit. Before, but before I do, uh, the finalists for Mr. Football were announced, and there's some names on this list, and I'm I'm not sure. I would say I have my odds-on favorites, but I'm not sure who out of the three is are going is going to get the award. But the finalists are Casey Adams from Gray Collegiate. Will Madison from Northwestern, Trent Pierman from Daniel, Adam Randall from Myrtle Beach, and Jalen Sneed from Hilton Head. At least to me, and maybe this is because I know more of about them. I've seen more about you know I've seen more of them uh, because of me being you know here on the Grand Strand uh, and not seeing much of the upstate teams. But I think it's either Casey Adams, Adam Randall, or Jane Lynn Sneed. Those are my three favorites to win it. And I don't really even know how I would rank it. I wouldn't I don't know how I would rank those three. Uh but congratulations to all five of them for being named for being nominated. Uh and yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, that the award will be announced at the uh, North South game here in Myrtle Beach. So I'm I'm more than likely will try to get out to that game, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, some other final uh, notes. On the high school front, Georgetown County has announced that they're going to give their high schools turf fields as well. Obviously, Horry County announced that they were going to give uh, all the Horry County schools makeovers. And obviously, last year, opening up, opening up this year, uh, Florence County did the same with theirs. So, I know there's still a debate going on between whether turf is the, is better or or grass is better, but with the technology that there is now, turf is is fabulous. You know, the turf is not. This isn't your father's turf. Let's just put it that way. Um, you know, it's not the, you know, it's not the old concrete style AstroTurf. This is, you know, full, basically synthetic grass. And yeah, there have been some complaints about injuries and, and whatnot. But if you want to be able to not worry about the elements and not worry about things like that, this is the best way to go. And you know, I've felt these. I've felt some of these turfs, the more modern turfs. You know, yeah, you can tell that it's not grass, but at the same time, 
I'm sure it doesn't change things too much. Um, I'm sure it doesn't change how players play all that much. Uh, And, you know, another thing that I like, uh, another aspect of it that I'm going to enjoy seeing, and, you know, some schools are better than others at this. Like, Smyrna Beach, for example, they, they have it on point already. They don't need turf to make their field look professional level but a lot of the other fields especially here in Horry County um, they go very basic when it comes to drawing the lines for the football field they'll do you know they'll just do they a, a lot of them won't even do hash marks they'll just do the five yeah. you know, lines every five yards with the dash in between to just signal where the, you know, where you can spot the ball in between. And, you know, they don't have any center logo. They don't have any end zone logos. And it just, it feels very basic. Whereas now, once the, uh, once the turf fields are installed, they're going to have logos and end zone designs and all that good stuff. It's going to make these fields look much better. Um, you know, and, you know, looking forward to seeing what they're like, what the turf fields are like. Uh, you know, Georgetown County, not sure when they didn't announce the uh, announce a schedule or anything like that, but I know for Horry County over the next couple of years they're going to start rolling these fields out. Uh, so it's definitely something to uh, look forward to. Uh, one final note, real quick: uh, Phil Strickland retiring after uh, tonight as the fourth winningest head coach in South Carolina history. So congratulations to him. Um, You know, Newberry, they're going to be in the playoffs. They'll still have a couple of games, but, you know, at the end of the season, it's it's getting close to definitely. So... I'll take a quick break and come right back, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about this week. We'll talk about tonight and get you ready for the final night of the regular season of high school football right here on Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central. Keep it locked right here. I can't begin to know him, but then I know it's growing strong. Wasn't the spring, and spring became the summer, 
Welcome back to Sports Unlimited right here on Southern Sports Central. And as I mentioned, going to switch gears and get you ready for, uh, well, not really switch gears, but get you ready for uh, tonight's game and go through all of the different region matchups, all the different playoff scenarios that are going on uh, tonight. We'll start off at the top of 5A. And, uh, We'll start off with Region 1, and it's pretty self-explanatory tonight uh, for for the for the top two teams, T.L. Hanna and Hillcrest, win, and you're the number one seed. Simple as that. T.L. Hanna and Hillcrest playing tonight at Hillcrest. That game is going to be a fun one, um, and... I'm going to say probably T.O. Hanna wins this one. T.O. Hanna has been dominant all year. 9-0. and Hellcrest 
overall. I think T.L. Hannah just has too much for Hillcrest, but but Hillcrest will still make the playoffs. They'll still have a uh, they'll still have a home game at least to start off the season, start off the playoffs rather. Uh, the rest of the way, Malden. <clears throat> Give me. Malden plays JL Man, and barring something crazy happening there uh, with JL Man winning that game, it would result in, uh, I believe, Malden. Malden would uh, be the three seed, and Woodmont would be the four seed. So. For for all of those of you who want some chaos, hope JL Man wins that game because then that would throw a huge wrench into things. Uh, I believe that would mean that uh, Woodmont would be the odd man, odd team at. I believe, um, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Region two, Spartanburg, I believe has it locked up. But they do play Dorman tonight. Dorman travels to Spartanburg. So if Dorman can win, they would get the region title. Uh, so that's a big game. That's a game for the region title between those two. Uh, Burns plays against Wade Hampton tonight. And barring something crazy happening there, I'm pretty sure Burns wins that one. Which means it well here's the crazy thing though. Burns wins tonight, which I think pretty self explanatory that, that that's gonna happen. Uh if Burns wins tonight and Dorman loses tonight, Dorman has to go on the road in the first round. And I don't think any of us were anticipating that. I also don't think anyone was anticipating how good no one was anticipating how good Sparenberg would play this year to start off. They well, for the whole season rather. No one anticipated Sparenberg being the region two champions this year. I I'm I forget if I said whether I thought it would be Burns or Dorman, but everyone anticipated it was gonna be one of those two this year. And barring a Dorman victory tonight, it looks like it's going to be neither. In Region 3, yeah, you know, Spartanburg versus Dorman, that's that's a game to watch tonight. That is for sure. Uh, Region 3, Gaffney, Nation Ford. uh, Nation Ford plays Clover. While Gaffney is not playing at all tonight, does not look like. So Gaffney is done. Um, So Nation Ford, even if they won tonight, they would not be able to uh, get get the region championship. Gaffney has clinched the region championship. But that Nation Ford and Clover game is still very important. They're both 2-1 in the region. So this game determines 
determine who gets, uh, who gets home field advantage, at least in the first round. So that's a, that's still a big game to keep an eye out for. And then, uh, oh, Fort Mill actually plays Gaffney tonight. I take that back. Fort Mill is playing Gaffney tonight, which means, like, like I was talking about with uh, Marcus Boston Brinkley, more than likely, you know, Bar- well, actually, no, I take that back. Even with, even if Fort Mill miraculously is able to beat Gaffney tonight, it would still, Fort Mill would still be the odd man out because Boiling Springs beat them. So, yeah, that's, the, there's a, there's a Eureka 3 standing. Region 4, Spring Valley has already clinched, uh, but they do uh, – Spring Valley has already clinched, and they're done. I don't think they play tonight. Let's see. Spring Valley does not play tonight, so they get essentially a bye week before the first round. Northwestern – Ridview, Rock Hill, and Blightswood. A lot of moving pieces here, and this is something I'm going to talk to um, Lou about when he comes on, because Northwestern Rock Hill play tonight. Why Ridgeview and Blythewood play tonight. Now, more than likely, you have Northwestern and Ridgeview win those games, and then you just keep it as is. But if Blythewood or if Hill are able to win those games, or if both of them are able to win the game, then that throws everything into flux. And what's even crazier about it is Ridgeview, who a lot of us thought may win that region. I, I'm, I know, I'm pretty sure I them to win the region uh, at the beginning of the season. They could miss out on more than likely they won't. You know, Bledwood has not had a very good season this year. But Ridgeview could theoretically miss out on a playoff. So that makes it even more, you know, Unpredictable. Region 5, uh, last week, Dutch Fork uh, clinched the region title. Surprise, surprise. Um, but now, Lexington, now after going from last week playing for the region title, they're for home field advantage in the first round. Because they play against Chapman tonight, and whoever wins that game will get the number two seed, and whoever loses will get the number three seed. And we also have River Bluff and White Knoll playing for uh, the four seed. And 
I meant to bring this up earlier, but, you know, because Region 5 and Region 6 are attached uh, this year in the first round, it, it made me look more in depth on this. And looking at it more and more, and and I know Region 5 is kind of an anomaly, but not really. Um and and I know that it's always been this way and, and they just want to stick to what they know. And on top of that, they want to give some of these, you know, I won't say smaller teams, but, you know, the teams that aren't, you know, the Dutch Forks or the Dormans of the world. They want to give these teams that opportunity to be in the playoffs. And I get that. Don't get me wrong. But if you honestly ask these coaches, and and yes, ex- the experience, um, and you know, you never know what's going to happen, and and all of that, all of that. But if you ask these coaches honestly, you know, without the pretext of you know, giving these kids, you know whether it's one final game or one chance, you know, a chance, you know, just giving them a chance and all of that. Do you really want to travel sometimes two and a half, three hours where you're going? Travel two and a half, three hours just to know that you're more than likely going to get beat and beat badly. Like, whether, and and I'll talk about Region 6 in a second, but whether you're, you know, Sockesty, Saint, you know, Sockesty or Conway, or Carolina Forest for that matter. Um, actually, I don't believe no, they would not be able to, they would not drop down further than three if they lost tonight. But if you're well, pretty much yeah, if you're Sockesty, because I think they I think even if Saint James won, I no no. If Saint James won it would then be Conway. But if you're either Conway or Sockesty are you really looking forward to going to Dutch Fork just to get your butt handed to you? Do you really, I get, you know, it's it's experience, it's, you know, a memory, all of that. But it's not a good memory. You know, do you really want to put yourself through that? And this is why I say that they should have cut it down to three. Now, obviously, in other classifications, things are a little different. But in 5A especially, it seems to me... Just looking at it, looking at it on paper, 
And and if you disagree with me, call on in. 323-784-9681 is that number to call. That number again, 323-784-9681, especially in 5A. And I'll look at the other classifications in just a second. But especially in 5A, I would think that the best option is to cut down to three teams. Give each region champion a bye. Give each region champion a bye. And then have the two and three teams, you know, pair them up as you will. And have them play. Because the difference between two and three, while yes, in some regions it's a lot, in others it's not so much. The difference between two and three is, is one thing. The difference between one and four is a completely different ballgame. And it's going to be interesting to see this year, especially after last year, how this impacts things. You know, does do we still see a ton of blowouts, at least amongst one and four? You know, and that's the thing. That's the that's the thing about this is that you can clear you can easily encapsulate it this season. If there are no close one and four games, then what's the point in doing them? Yes, I get well, but that's the thing. That's the other thing too. I think you know one of the reasonings behind it, and I mean unless there's a um, there's a you know direct gate split, like a fifty fifty gate split, which personally, I mean, okay, I, it doesn't make sense for why you would do that. But even if that were the case, why um, – I would still think you would lose money because you're having to travel, you know, two and a half, three hours to get to the game and then having to travel all the way back. So, I mean, I, I obviously I'm not doing the bookkeeping. Paper, I would think you would lose money anyway just to get your butt handed to you for four quarters. So I'm I'm just saying and it's going to be something that I'm going to keep an eye on for next week. But yeah, White Knoll is White Knoll and River Bluff are basically playing to see who gets to go home and who gets to go to Sumter and get their butt handed to them next week. <laughs> Pretty much it. So now, uh, moving on to Region 6. Region 6 could become chaotic, but more than likely is going to be pretty mundane. Although it will be interesting, to say the least. The Sumter have has clinched the the region. Carolina Forest, all they have to do, they win and they're the two seed. That's all they need to worry about. And then the most interesting, the the craziest team in this region in terms of the difference 
of how things are going to work out is St. James. They win tonight as long as Conway loses. They win tonight. They're the number two seed in the region. Carolina Forest drops down to three. Conway drops down to four, and Sox team misses out on the playoffs. St. James loses, though, and they go from looking like they had a legitimate shot of making the playoffs for the first time since 2015 to missing out, <laughs> to ending up missing out on the playoffs. What a crazy change. And what's funny about it is that during one of the Carolina Forest broadcasts, partner Preston and I mentioned this. Mentioned, you know, this, you know, it, it, it they could still miss out on the playoffs. So it, it's going to be very interesting to see how that pans out. That's a big game tonight in Region Six: Carolina Forest versus St. James at St. James. And you would hope, at least, although St. James isn't exactly a big, you know, football area, you would have to hope that with their playoff hopes in the balance, that St. James, the St. James faithful come out in droves tonight. See on that. Region 7. Uh, Goose Creek has the region locked down. Uh, Cane Bay and Stratford. Um, Cane Bay and Stratford are are trying to determine who uh, gets that number two spot. And more than likely, considering who they're playing against tonight, Cane Bay pretty much has this one on lock. Because Cane Bay plays Berkeley. Granted, it's at Berkeley, while uh, while uh, Kane Bay plays, uh, or, yeah, Kane Bay plays at Berkeley, while Stratford plays at Goose Creek. So unless Goose Creek comes out not caring because you know they have the. Uh, more than likely, Kane Bay is going to uh, stay in the two spot with Stratford at three and Berkeley at four. And then finally, Fort Dorchester locked up the region title last week. West Ashley has the two spot locked up. Um, Somerville plays Dorchester tonight. Um, so they're, you know, they'll probably go to one and three. Ashley Ridge, uh, Ashley Ridge and Stahl play tonight. That's the biggest matchup in that region because, uh, if Stahl able to win, they move up into the four spot, but more than likely it will be Ashley Ridge uh, winning 
winning that game and stay, staying in the fourth. Or actually, no, they would jump up to the three spot assuming Somerville loses to Fort Dorchester, which more than likely does happen. So those are the those are five A scenarios. Moving on to four uh, A, four A Region One, uh, West Side. I believe has it locked down. Uh, West Side plays Pickens tonight, and more than likely they're going to win that game. So West Side. Down. Uh, easily Travelers rest. Easily actually, easily plays Manning tonight. Uh, so they they are done their region play. Uh, so easily already has the two seed locked down. Travelers rest. Uh, plays easily. Wait. Easily listed twice. I believe Travelers Rest plays easily, actually, um, tonight. So that will determine who gets the two seed. More than likely easily, but, you know, stranger things have happened. And easily, like, gives up a lot of points. So if Travelers Rest's offense can get going, could uh, they, they could certainly make this a game. Uh And then neither Pickens nor Walhalla, or no, Walhalla does play, but it is not a uh, region game. So they're all they are completely done. Um, and I believe Pickens. Um, well, actually, I take that back. Pickens plays Westside, so if Pickens. Well, no, but I believe Pickens is one win is against Walhalla. So they would be the four seed anyway. Region two, Greenwood uh locked down the region title last week. Uh hold on a second. Greenwood played a non region game. Uh, it doesn't look like any of the other teams are playing. I believe that region is done, actually. Um, even though a lot, some teams have only played one or two region games, for some reason they are not... Uh, Finishing them off. Or actually, I take that back. Lawrence plays Greer tonight. Which... I think Lawrence pretty much has it locked up, but Greer could win that game and then make things interesting. Because Greenville plays east side. Greenville wins tonight and Lawrence lost. I believe Greenville will get the two seed. But with them playing an uneven amount of games, it makes things weird. Uh, Region 3, 
South Point and York play tonight. I'm pretty sure. I'm looking at the overall schedule. They do not play tonight, actually. Oh, no, actually, I take that back. I missed it. South Point, York travels to South Point tonight. That is a region title game tonight, so that should be a good one. Uh, Catawba Ridge has the three-spot locked down. And then Indian Land and Lancaster play tonight in a region eliminator game to determine who gets the um, gets the four seed and who who gets knocked out. So I'll take a quick break. Come right back. Uh, got Lou Bejack from the state coming on in just a couple of minutes. So I'll take a break. We'll talk to him and then wrap the, and then we'll uh, continue talking about uh, all of these different matchups and scenarios for tonight, right here on Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central. here on Southern Sports Central. Still waiting to see if uh, Lou Bejak from the state calls in this morning. 
didn't ever get a confirmation from him yesterday. So we'll wait a little bit and see if he comes on board this morning. But uh, wait a couple of minutes. But while we wait, um, an idea of uh, what what I'll be talking about for the remainder remainder of the show, which may or may not end early this morning, depending on things, if he does not call in. Uh, but still have uh, the rest of the regions to talk about for this morning uh, and for this evening. Uh, a couple of college realignment stuff to talk about. And talk a little World Series for you guys. And as always, if you want to call on in, give your thoughts to anything, whether it be, you know, high school football, college football, World Series, any thoughts you may have, 323-784-9681 is that number to call. That number again, 323-784-9681. Talking about uh, some of the other regions real quick. Um, Wild Wait. Um, region three. We region three. We did talk about already. Um, region four. Region four is is one of the craziest regions, and I was hoping that Lou would would call in this morning. Because I'm curious to know how this works. Because AC Flora, Irmo, and Side are all three in one. Richland Northeast, Dreer, and Lugga Felgen are all one and three. And assuming things go as expected tonight, all of those teams will remain where they are at. Four and one for AC Flora, Irmo, and Westside, with it being one and four for Richland Northeast, Dreer, and Lug Felgen. So assuming that stays put, stays where they are at, I'm not sure how the tiebreakers work exactly in that scenario because there are uh, there are some uh, you know obviously the top three teams would would make it regardless Um, but it, it the question is where and who uh where and and who gets home field advantage? Who who wins the who wins the region title? So that'll be something. All of those games, just for if for no other reason, just for the the uncertainty. All three, you know, all three of those games, even though the games themselves should be a foregone conclusion, probably. All three of those games are very interesting games, uh, just in terms of how it plays out in Region 4. Region 5, I believe South Aiken has it locked up. Um, 
but North Augusta and Aiken play tonight, that could determine who gets, or actually that definitely would determine who gets the first round home field advantage between those two. So that's a game definitely to keep an eye on. Uh, and then South Aiken, I believe, plays Midland Valley tonight. Yes, they do. Um, and that's pretty, uh, that's pretty much a foregone conclusion game right there. In Region 6, the biggest game tonight and the craziest game tonight is the Battle of Florence. West Florence against South Florence. Uh, the and like I mentioned, the craziest thing, uh, according to Ian Guerin, if South loses tonight, they drop down. I think to fourth because Hartsville would get the tiebreaker among those three teams, assuming Hartsville wins tonight. Hartsville is playing Darlington. So, yeah, that's a foregone conclusion right there that Hartsville is going to win that game. Um, so, Hartsville would be two if if South Florence loses. This is saying if West wins tonight. Hartsville will be two, West Florence will be three, and South Florence will be four. And then North Merrill Beach would would be five. I don't know if Wilson would decide to be the uh, at-large bid or not. But just think about that. Well, let, let's think about two things. And this is this is why Region 6-4A, and it's interesting to see how this pans out with realignment next year. But Region 6 4A is probably, with the exception of some schools like Darlington, but for the most part, in every sport, is the most competitive region in the state. And not just amongst themselves, but you could theoretically see a scenario where... Because here's the thing. You've got Region 6, number one. Now, they won't play against each other necessarily in the uh, tournament. But, so, you've got Region 6, number one, against a lower at-large team, which they probably wouldn't put the other Region 6 team in that spot. So the so let's say if Wilson did decide to apply for that at large bid, they would face off against the Region Six or Region Five number one team, which would be and you know South Aiken's good, but you know I, they'd probably but don't you know don't go against Wilson. Region 6, number 4, would go against Region 7, number 2, 
which we haven't talked about Region 7 yet. But that, as of right now, looks like it's probably going to be Buford. Which, you know, could be an interesting game. Uh, that could be an interesting game between a South Florence who just was playing for a region title and, and gave Myrtle Beach a run for money, who is now the number one team in the state. So, you know, that could be an interesting game. Now, here's the one thing. Although, and I've seen it firsthand, and and the the traveling kind of, it's a double-edged sword. Because on one hand, you have to say, okay, on one hand you have to say, okay, the traveling and, and having to leave early and all of that, it could take its toll on on players. Going that far and everything. And that's why, you know, you see a lot of games, you know, the hope to with a lot of these games. Not to mention, obviously, the speed difference. But at the same time, being on the road and, and, and knowing that you have to travel that far and, and the com- camaraderie of those types of trips and everything, it may actually visiting team in that scenario because then you're setting up a situation where it's like do you really want to travel home that long trip to feet? No. Not at all. Not by a long shot. So you know because I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand on, on both accounts. Um And so I could see a South Florence or a Hartsville or whoever gets four seed in Region 6 going to and being able to pull off the upset. Now, they'd have to beat the the next team as well. Or, they'd ha- yeah, they'd have to beat the next team as well before we got a, a Region 6 versus Region 6 matchup. But, you know... That's the crazy thing. I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see that. And then at the lower part of the bracket, you could theoretically, probably not, but theoretically, you could see four Region 6 teams gain to the second round. Now, do I think that would happen? No. But I, you know, the. The Region 6 number 3 team against Region 7 number 3 team. With Region 6 team at home, I think, you know, whoever's in that spot has the upper hand. Region 7 number 1 against Region 6 number 5. That would be May River against, presumably at this point, North Myrtle Beach. And what's crazy about this, yes, North Myrtle Beach is not as we saw last year getting to the state championship game. 
But I could see them going to May River and upsetting them. You know, I might be crazy, but I could see it happening. And then Region 6, number 2 against Region 5, number 4, probably Region 6. But that's the thing, you know, the Region 6, top to bottom, is, is the, probably the strongest region in the state, like I've said. And like I said, it's going to be interesting to see what happens next year uh, with this region, you know, considering rumors about how realignment may go. But yeah, so lots of interesting games in that. Well, really only one interesting game in that one uh, tonight. I mean, obviously Myrtle Beach and North Myrtle Beach, the rivalry game, still still a big deal, but this year Myrtle Beach probably has it in the bag. This isn't last year's North Myrtle Beach team. Uh, but yeah, South and West Florence is going to be a great one tonight. And then in uh, in Region Seven, we got May River at Hilton Head, which is bigger for Hilton Head than it is for May River. Although if they lose, if Buford were to win, well, oh, Buford. Um, Buford would lose the, the head, so Buford more than likely will win tonight. They're playing Colleton County, uh, and then so they would get the two seed. Um, Hilton Head needs to get a win tonight uh, over uh, James I, or excuse me, over May River, in order to make sure that they get the three seed. Um, and then James Island more than well, James Island probably will be the uh, three seed. Although Bluffton could make things interesting if they were to win that game. Uh, it, if because if Bluffton wins uh, and Hilton Head loses, I believe Hilton Head may drop down to fifth. I'm not sure. I'd have to check on that. But I believe that would be how it would go. Going down to 3A, uh, Region 1, Daniel plays Belton on a path, which Daniel, all they need to do is win, and they've got the region title. Um, but if Belton on a path, actually, I think Daniel still has already clinched the region title, but if Belton on a path wins, then they would set up. They would uh, get the second spot. But I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure of that. I think if Belton on a path wins tonight, I think they would. I think they would make it. Make it to. Uh, make it become the region champion. I'm not sure on that one, honestly. Uh, Ren tonight. Uh, that's pretty much a cut and dry win for them. Um, so the biggest game there, um, the the biggest game for tonight with that is uh is the Daniel and Belton game. 
because that could that that will almost assuredly determine something. Because not just you know Belton and Pat potentially jumping up to the region title, but if they lose, then they're definitely getting an away game in the first round and will not be home at all, barring something crazy happening. Uh, in region two. Powdersville and Southside play tonight to determine the region champion. That's going to be a good game. Uh, And then Palmetto and Blue... Palmetto plays Carolina tonight. Blue Ridge plays Berea tonight. So... Blue Ridge has their work cut out for them if they hope to uh, have a chance of making it into the playoffs. Um, Since they have to face off against Berea, whereas Palmetto has to play against Carolina. But those... The big one tonight, obviously, Powersville is against outside to determine the... uh, region champion, but, you know, the other games have some storylines to them. In region three, uh, Chapman, well, Clinton plays against Woodruff, and that will determine who, uh, that one will determine who will get a home field game, at least to start off. Uh, playoffs. Chapman uh, pretty much has the uh, region title locked down. I don't... I believe it is official at this point. They do play Braum tonight. Uh, But I think even if they lost, since they beat both Clinton and Woodruff, that they would still have the region three title. So the big game in that region is Clinton versus Woodruff uh, to determine who uh, who gets in. But Brom also has something to play for in that Chapman game because if they lose, Emerald wins tonight. Emerald's playing against Union County tonight. that would mean that Emerald would then get the region championship. Or not the region championship, would get the number four spot. If Emerald were to win that win against Union County and Brome loses tonight, which more than likely would happen, then Emerald would get the number four spot. So, you know, lot lots of things going on there. Uh In Region 4, Lower Richland has the region title on, locked down. Uh, actually, this region, this region is done because they moved their region schedule up. So, Lower Richland is at 1. Chester is at two, Fairfield Central at three, and Keenan at four. 
Uh, region five. Region five is is a uh, very interesting one to say the least. Gilbert, Brooklyn, Casey, and Orangeburg, Wilkinson, all tied right now at three and one. Orangeburg, Wilkinson, and Brooklyn, Casey playing each other tonight. So one will go to four and one. Gilbert is playing Swansea tonight. And that should be an easy win for Gilbert. So that's another one that I wish I would have had the chance to ask Lou um, how that tiebreaker would work if, uh, you know, because presumably Gilbert's going to beat Swansea tonight. And then one one of the teams between Brooklyn Casey and Orangeburg Wilkinson has to win. So thus, you know, they would, uh, you know, whoever wins that game would get the two seed. Um, or I, that's the thing. I don't know, like, depending upon who wins those games, who gets the region title, who gets the two seed, all of that. Um, and then on top of that, at the at the lower part of the region, you have Strom Thurmond and Fox Creek playing tonight. Which, if Fox Creek wins, they could get into the playoffs in the four spot. So, lots of storylines in Region 5 tonight. Lots of action going on there. In Region 6, you got uh, Camden, I believe, has it locked up. Um Actually, this is another one that they moved the region play up, so they are done. Camden uh, wins the region at five and zero. Crestwood at four and one is second. Lakewood at three and two is third, and then Marlboro County at one and three is fourth. And then Region Seven, Dillon has the region title locked up. Uh, but Ainer, Loris, and Waccamaw, um, and actually this is another one uh, that is is done. Um, this is actually another one that the uh, that it is done. I don't know who gets tie breaks though um, in terms of who gets into the playoffs but yeah so um, but yeah so that's uh, 3A hold on a second just trying to Oh, wait. Actually, there's one more region that I still need to talk about in 3A, um, and that is Region 8, which is Oceanside, I believe, has it locked up. Um, They play Academic Magnet tonight. Should be an easy win for them. Hanahan plays against 
uh, Anaheim plays against Bishop England, which that game will determine who gets in as the two seed and who drops down to the three seed. And then Battery Creek and North Charleston. Um, apparently, we're supposed to play last night. I didn't see any updates on that. Um, so I don't be- I believe they do play tonight. Um, and they will, you know, well, actually, I take that back. Even if Battery Creek, Battery Creek loses tonight, I don't believe because North Charleston has played one extra game as compared to Battery Creek. Actually, two extra games. Um, so I don't know how exactly that would work. That would be something... Uh, to keep an eye out for so, but a couple of games, couple of interesting games there uh, as well. So I'll take a quick break and come back. Uh, we'll wrap wrap up the talk on uh, the playoffs. Go through two A and one A when I come back, and then uh, wrap up with a couple of others going on around the world sports right here on Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central.
Welcome back to Sports Unlimited right here on Southern Sports Central. And like I mentioned, we'll move down to 2A now as we round up the region standings and schedule for the final night of high school football here in South Carolina. Region 1, 2A, Abbeville and Christchurch both uh, undefeated and they in a region title game which I think most people would say Abbeville probably has that one uh, in the bag just with how well they've played this year have only given up 5.1 points per game this year which is very very impressive uh, but still, that's going to be a fun game to watch. Definitely a big one uh, to check out up in the upstate. Crescent and ninety Crescent ninety six and Liberty are all fighting for for those uh, Crescent and Liberty play tonight at Crescent. Crescent, as long as they can, as long as they do what they need to do, they can pretty much lock up the number three spot. Uh, tonight, and then 96 and West Oak play tonight. Uh, 96, as long as they can play their game, they should be able to uh, lock up the four spot more than likely. Uh, Region 2, Joseph's uh, St. Joseph's plays against Landrum tonight, so more than likely they have the uh, number one spot locked down, and then Chesney plays Blacksburg to, or actually I take that back, Chesney plays Mid-Carolina tonight, so those two are completely done, Chesney and Blacksburg are done with their region schedule, so yeah, as long as St. Joseph's does what they need to do, uh, they will be the region. Actually, even if they lost tonight, they'd be the region champion. Uh, but that would just make things a little more interesting. Or actually, I take that back. Landrum. If if Landrum were able to win tonight, I think they may be the region champions. That could be an interesting game tonight. Now, do I think it'll happen? Probably not. I think St. Joseph's win the, wins tonight's game. But, you know, would it make things very intriguing? Yes, it would. In 3A, or in, excuse me, in Region 3, 3A, or Region 3, 2A, Chesterfield and Andrew Jackson at the top. Uh, Andrew Jackson plays Buford tonight, while Chesterfield plays Shaw. That Chesterfield-Shaw game is the more interesting one uh, because if Shiraz is able to win that game, then that would have them tied at four and one with Chesterfield. Andrew Jackson, as long as they do what they need to do, they'd be at four and one as well. And I don't know how the tiebreaker would work there. So, but the the definitely the most interesting. Uh, Matchup there is Shaw against Chesterfield tonight. 
seeing if Chirac can pull up the up, pull off the upset and uh and win uh and, and probably at least get home field advantage in the first round, I would think. Uh going down to region four. Uh region four is kinda interesting as well. Uh Saluda plays Bigsburg Leesville, which, you know, should be a win for Saluda, you would think. Um Newberry and Newberry plays at Great Collegiate tonight, which, you know, if Newberry were were to win it, it would throw everything into flux in Region 4, but I'm thinking Great probably wins that game. I don't see Newberry uh, coming out on top in that one. Um, And then Euclid and Columbia play tonight, which... I don't believe would have any bearing. Yeah, that wouldn't have any bearing on anything because even if Batesburg Leesville wins tonight, they would have the win over one of those teams. I don't know because they didn't play. They obviously didn't play both teams. Um, they didn't get all of their games in. Don't know exactly how that would work in terms of uh, the final spot in that region. But lots of interesting storylines there, definitely. Region 5, Silver Bluff has the region title locked down. Um, but Wade Hampton, Barnwell, and Pelion uh, all going for those uh, final three spots. Pelion plays Odesso tonight, which... Barring something crazy happening with Odesso, you know, coming out firing. Pelion probably has this 1-1. Although, if you look at it, if you look at the points per game, Odesso has scored more points and has given up fewer points than Pelion. So, could there be a chance? Yeah, definitely. Uh, And then Barnwell... Barnwell is playing Wade Hampton tonight. So, you know, Barnwell could make things interesting at the top, too. Uh, Silver Bluff obviously clinched the region, but the rest of the spots are up for grabs. Uh, Region 6, you've got Phillips Simmons. I believe they've clinched. Um... see who they are playing against tonight. They're playing against Ridgeland Hardyville. So yeah, they're going to win that game hands down. So Phil Simmons, while I don't know if it is official, I think it is official actually. Um, They have the number one seed. Um, Timberland and Woodland tonight to determine who gets home field advantage in the first in the first round at least uh and then Lake Marion and Burke play to determine who gets into the playoffs so lots of interesting matchups you know 
Philip Simmons and Ridge and Hardyville probably going to be a blowout, but all the other matchups tonight in Region 6-2A, those could be games that, you know, I mean, they're games that obviously matter, but those games could be fun uh, tonight. In Region 7, Marion, I believe, has it locked down. Actually, none of those teams play tonight. So that is that is another one of those regions that pushed everything up. So they are done. Marion won the region. Lee Central at two. Andrews at three. Mullins at four. Thought I saw... No, never mind. I thought I saw that Mullins and Andrews were playing tonight, but I guess not. Uh, and then moving down to 1A, finishing things off at 1A. Region 1, Southside Christian has clinched after their win against Dixie last night. Not many games tonight uh, in uh, 1A, actually, because a lot of those regions push things up. But there are a few games that do matter tonight. Um, Southside, well, actually, yeah, oh, okay, Southside Christian plays Wearshoals tonight. So, barring something crazy, they should be able to, uh, win that game. Whitmire plays Dixie tonight. Again, barring something crazy, Dixie should be able to win that game. Uh, McCormick does not play tonight, however, so they pretty much have the three-spot locked down. Um, yeah, so pretty much it's it's as it, you know, it, it, it probably will stay as as is right now, um, just looking at who, who everyone plays tonight. In Region 2... Region two, Lamar has it has it locked in. C. A. Johnson plays against McBee tonight. Uh, as long as C. A. Johnson does what they need to do, they've got uh, the number two spot locked down. Great Falls at three, McBee at four, and Louisville at five. Three. Calhoun County. Probably, yeah, they have it locked down. They're not playing tonight. They have the, they've clinched the region title. Ridge Spring Manetta at two. Blackville Hilda at three. Wilson Elko at four. Uh, uh, region four. Uh, none of those teams are playing either. So, C.E. Murray's at one, East Clarendon at two, Carver's Bay at three, uh, and then Hemingway at four, and Scott Branch at five. The big game in 1A tonight, honestly, is the region title match between Green Sea Floyds and Lakeview. That's going to be the game to watch in 1A. Um, and then Hannah Pamplinko against Timminsville. 
that also, um, while it's more than likely Hannah Pamplinko wins that game, Tinnersville could play spoiler and knock Hannah Pamplinko out of the playoffs uh, with a win tonight. So those are two games definitely to watch out for tonight uh, in for Region 5. Region 6, Bamberg Earhart um, is not playing a region game. They do play tonight. They That region is done. Um, although I don't know. Actually, I take that back. The other four teams are playing because he, Bamberg Earhart has played everyone, but no one else has played anyone else. That's, I, I don't know how that works. Um, Branchville is playing Bethune Bowman tonight and then Estill is playing Allendale Fairfax so whoever wins those games will get into the playoffs definitely not sure how they would I guess by point differential uh, would determine who would get the two and three seeds Uh, and then the losers would, based on point differential, would get uh, into the four spot. And then finally, in Region 8 or Region 7, that region is completely done. Baptist Hill won, won it all. Well Branch at two. St. John's at three. And then Cross and Military Magnet both at... Uh, Four at zero and three. So, not I. I'm not sure how that one gets determined in terms of who gets the fourth spot uh, for that one. But, but yeah, lots of uh, lots of interesting games tonight. Um, you know, obviously some bigger than others. Sports um, versus St. James, which is which is. Certainly a big game, uh, especially for St. James tonight. Because a win and they're the, they're, they've got home field advantage. Not only do they make it into the playoffs for the first time in six years, but they get home field advantage. And then if Carolina Forest wins, St. James gets knocked out of the playoffs. So it's it's quite the uh quite the uh change between those two. It I mean, it's a lot like how uh well not quite to the level of South Florence, but but yeah, so those are uh all the games for tonight and for uh for the next couple of weeks. Or, or excuse me, for the next uh, couple of, uh, for the next night, for tonight. Um, well, switch, I'll switch gears, talk about some, uh, some college stuff, some conference realignment stuff, um, and may sign off a little early this morning, so we'll see. Definitely have to talk about the World Series, though, as well, so still got some stuff to talk about. Uh, let's start off with college football and conference realignment. 
Conference realignment starting to ramp up even more. Sunbelt officially adding the schools that uh, they were anticipated to. Old Dominion, Southern Miss, Marshall. I'm not sure if James Madison has officially been declared, uh, but it's expected that, uh, that they will join as well. And what's even crazier is that Sunbelt Commissioner Keith Gill said, the conference isn't done expanding yet. They may look to add a few other schools. And like I mentioned, you know, they already brought James Madison up. I wouldn't mind seeing them try to go after some of the other FBS or FCS schools. Obviously, James Madison has a history, has won multiple national championships in the in FCS. So they are a storied program and deserve to be in FBS. While they don't quite have the tradition, I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, an, a, an SC State come up. Um, you know, a Wofford, a Presbyterian. <laughs> Presbyterian would be funny to see uh, now with how their system is in FBS. Um, but, you know, there are some other schools in the footprint that you could see having a reason to say, Hey, we deserve to be up there. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what, what the conference does, where they go from here. And what, what's really interesting to me is how, you know, going, going into realignment, Texas and Oklahoma moved. I was thinking, more than, you know, I was thinking, okay, Conference USA will poach some teams from, or the American will poach some teams from, like, Conference USA. Then Conference USA will poach some teams from, like, the Sun Belt or, you know, the MAC or whatnot. And it's just going to be a domino effect from there. But no. I mean, uh, the American getting ahead of the game, I expected. But the Sun Belt, what? I mentioned this last week. But what a meteoric rise over the last couple of years has the Sun Belt had from basically being the, the you know, essentially the best way I can describe it is basically like the foster home for team, for teams coming up from FCS to FBS. And, and as soon as, uh, As soon as, uh, you know, they, uh, you know, the the Sunbelt Conference was a conference that, you know, as soon, you know, when you jumped up from FCS to FBS, that's where you went. You went to the Sunbelt and then built your program, built your prestige, and moved on from there. Now, after what? Coastal did and, and you know, other teams have done in the Sun Belt. Now the Sun Belt is, is a hot commodity and, and now they're the ones that are poaching teams from other conferences to build their brand. And now Conference USA is the team that's the the odd man looking in. And Conference USA is going to add some teams that have basically been the redhead stepchildren of FBS football for the last couple of years, at, at least according to reports last uh, yesterday. 
Conference USA considering adding New Mexico State, Liberty, and UConn. Now, Liberty has been an interesting program. They, they've they been up and down. They've had, you know, they beat Coastal last year in their bowl game. But three of those teams have been independent because no one has wanted them. And so it really shows how far Conference USA has fallen. And it and this has basically been the trend of Conference USA. Look at some of the schools that Conference used to Conference USA used to have in in their uh conference. I'm gonna go through it real quick. So, Conference of the USA used to have UCF, who, won, you know, you know, should have made it into the national championship game a couple of years ago. Or should have made it into the playoffs, rather. Cincinnati, who is about to, you know, barring something crazy happening, is about to make it into a conference or into the national championship, into the college football playoffs. And both of those teams are going to the Big 12 in a couple of years. Look how far they've gone. East Carolina, you know, they're not, you know, they're not top of the line, but they're they're decent. Houston, who is in the American, they're going to the Big 12 as well in a couple of years. Louisville, who's in the ACC. Uh, USF, who's in the American, SMU, uh, TCU, who's in the Big 12 now, Tulane, Tulsa, all of those schools were in the, in Conference USA at one point or another. And some of these are, you know, less than a decade ago. UCF left to go to the American in, in 2013. And now it's going to the Big 12 just a decade later. You know, uh, East Carolina left in 2014. Houston left in 2013. Goes to the Big 12 a decade later. So, you know, the you know how it, it's crazy how far Conference USA has has fallen. It, it really is. It really is. Um, but you know that's that's what happens in these types of situations. That's what happens when you have conference realignment. Is you know you you have some uh, you have some crazy things happen as a result. Um, so you know it's uh, you know. It's sad for Conference USA, but, you know, that's just the nature of the beast. Um, You know, unfortunately, with conference realignment. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. You know, I personally, I wish the NCAA would step in and say, okay, enough is enough. We're going to actually make real conferences based on geography and based on prestige and and as is but 
unfortunately, especially with how the NCAA is going now, uh, yeah, that's that's not going to happen. That that's not going to happen at all. Um. So, I'll take a quick break and come right back. Finish things up. Uh, we'll talk about um the World Series. May talk about a few other things. Uh, in the final half hour. So keep it locked right here on Sports Unlimited on Sports Central. Thank <laughs> you. 
Welcome back to Sports Unlimited right here on Southern Sports Central. And wrapping things up, one final uh, big game happening tonight. The day uh, off. Uh, one and one to one in the series right now. The uh, tonight, uh, Louis Luis Garcia pitching for the Astros against Ian Anderson for the Braves. Uh, Garcia. Just looking at the pitching matchup tonight, um, and not to mention the fact that this is the first game in Atlanta, you know, the the Braves fans are going to be out uh, in droves tonight, considering this is the first game uh, for the, you know, first World Series game in Atlanta for the Braves in over a decade. Um uh, well, oh, excuse me, uh, over two decades, sorry, o- over two decades uh, for for the Braves. Last time they were in the World Series was back in uh, back in 1999. So it's been it's been a while for for the Braves. Uh, but time, you know, home game. Truist Park is going to be rocking tonight. Luis Garcia against Ian Anderson. Luis Garcia, he had a decent year this year, but nothing really to write home about. 11-8, 3.48 ERA, 167 strikeouts. Postseason hasn't been spectacular. 1-1, 9.64 ERA. Whereas Ian Anderson, yes, he's pitched in one fewer game, but he's done a lot better. In the postseason, he's one zero with a two point two five ERA and twelve strikeouts in one appearance this season in the postseason thus far. So, I just looking at the pitching matchup, you got to give the advantage to the Braves there. Uh, so, you know, I think the Braves. Considering it's a home, it's a home game. Uh, considering it's a home game. Considering it's, you know, I think Ian Anderson is is the better pitcher in this matchup. Braves winning tonight. Uh, tomorrow, looking at the matchup, no, no, um, no pitchers announced for uh, tomorrow's game or Sunday's. But do I do I think the Braves sweep it uh, at home and and win it uh, winning win it all in Game Five? Probably not. I'm just I'm gonna say probably not. But at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me if they did, especially after how they. Uh, I mean. Well, they played well in the first game, and they struggled in that game. 
Um, you know, I would say I would have to say that you know, the the Astros have the momentum in terms of uh, in in terms of getting some momentum back on their side, winning today uh, rather. But I think tonight, tonight definitely is the is the turning point game. I would have to say tonight and tomorrow, I would say, are the two are the two turning point games for for these two game for for this series. Because if if the Braves are able to win and win pretty handily tonight, or the Astros for that, either one squarely puts the momentum on their side. So whoever wins this game tonight, especially if it's a you know pretty handily hand beat, uh, like the last two games have been, both games haven't been overly close. One team has pretty much dominated. As long as that trend continues tonight, whoever wins this game tonight will have the the momentum squarely on their side. And like I said, I think the Braves have enough to do it tonight, especially considering the pitching matchup. But then you have to look at game four, and there you don't know. There it's not as clear-cut. But yeah, so those are my thoughts on uh, those are my thoughts on the World Series and what's going on uh, in the World Series right now. Um, Talk NFL real quick. Uh, First off, the, the Packers last night. They, I mean, yes, they were playing against the Cardinals, which, you know, the Cardinals were 7-0 and going into that game. The Cardinals have been playing absolutely incredible. But at the same time, the Packers lucked out last night. Let's just put it that way. That, that pass by Kyler Murray at the end, I mean, I know they were they they had to throw it in order to try to to win the game, but they had that in the bag. It seemed I was I was I was almost certain with how they were driving down the field that they were just gonna end it right then and there. Now the one thing I was worried about last night, if anything. I wasn't worried necessarily about, and this says something about how Kyler Murray has been playing over the last couple of years. And and I'll and I'll be the first to admit that I was wrong on this. I'm one of his biggest critics when he first came into the league after his first year. Last year, I said, "Oh, he's going to have a sophomore slump. He's not as good as everyone thinks he is." Now, granted, it does help that he has DeAndre Hopkins around him and he has such a good offense around him. But with that being said, 
he has really proven himself over the last couple of years. And that that's what shows me what shows me how good he's done is that I wasn't anticipating, oh, he's going to mess up and he's going to give the ball over. I was thinking, okay, they're going to drive down the field. They're going to score. But the only th- the one thing I was worried about for the Cardinals wasn't whether or not they were going to score. It was how much time they were going to leave on the clock. Because I was thinking, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he can do those late-game heroics. You don't want to leave too much time on the clock for him. Fortunately for the Packers, they didn't even need to worry about that because they get the interception and and just and and good win for the Packers. Uh, both of these teams, I think, both of these teams are are top of the line, are the cream of the crop in the NFC. Uh, I could see them meeting again, potentially, even in the NFC Championship game. Obviously, there's a few other teams, uh, Tampa Bay, Dallas, you know, but both of these teams have been playing very well this season. I would have to say, and this hasn't always been, well, actually, yeah, it has been. It's been the case for a while now because... Um, and it's ironic that I say this now, considering uh, considering Brady is now in the NFC. But the NFC overall is more competitive than the AFC. NFC, you don't really know who... I mean, the AFC, you don't really know who's going to win it all either this year. Because the team that everyone thought would be the odds-on favorite has been struggling mightily this year, and that's the Chiefs. I think the odds-on favorite for me for the AFC would be the Bills right now. And, I mean, there are a few other shockers in the AFC right now, too. We're only, you know, seven weeks into the season. uh, And, you know, uh, and especially this year, it's going to be different with it being 17 weeks instead of 16. So it's not, you know, this isn't, I mean, it kind of is a halfway point, but it isn't at the same time. It's not quite the halfway point yet this week as it would have been in years past. So, but um, let me go through some of the games this week and and kind of give you my thoughts on each. Carolina and Atlanta, I mean, barring something crazy, yes, I know they don't have McCaffrey and everything, and, you know, that was a very rough loss last week to the Giants. But I think barring something crazy happening, I think Carolina should be able to win this game. Um, Miami, Buffalo, Miami probably has that one in the bag. Um, San Francisco and Chicago, that's going to be an interesting one, actually. That one I could actually see... You know, I I don't know who uh, who wins that one because you know Chicago three and four, San Francisco two and four, both teams struggling, but both teams kind of thinking that they should be better than they are right now. I think Chicago with the home field advantage probably wins that game, but you know who knows. 
uh, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and that's another one that both teams struggling relative to where they thought they should be, especially Pittsburgh. Um, rivalry game between those two, obviously the history between those two franchises. With it being in Cleveland, I want to say the Steelers have enough to win this game, but I think I'm going to pick the Browns. The Browns in this one, and that just really shows how bad Pittsburgh's been this year. Philly and Detroit, another one of those games where it's two teams that especially Detroit after making trade for golf. Now, Detroit already said that they were kind of in a rebuilding phase, and they've shown it. They're all in seven right now. And that was the whole reason why Stafford wanted out. He wanted to go and try to win a title. Um, but I think Philly wins this game. Uh, Tennessee and Indy, that's going to be an interesting one. Uh, you know, Tennessee's been playing very well. But Indy, you know, they're under 500 right now, yes. But they're still kind of semi in it. Tennessee probably wins this game, but, you know, hopefully for Indy, they keep it close. Cincinnati and the Jets. Now, this is one that going into the season, you were probably thinking, okay, this is a matchup to determine, you know, who gets the better draft pick. But no, Cincinnati has been playing lights out to start off this season. And with it being the Jets, who in their right mind thought we'd be saying that going into week eight? L.A., you can think, you know, yes, L.A. hasn't been playing. Well, they've been playing well. I, I take that back. They're 6-1. and one. L.A.'s going to win this game. You know, Houston's been, you know, Houston's playing right now. Obviously don't have their quarterback are basically in the building phase, so yeah. LA wins that one. Uh New England against the Chargers. This is uh this is a game that, you know, Belichick is obviously gonna want is gonna really want. Um but I I think the Chargers just have too much to uh they they will and it's at home. It's a Chargers home game. So, yeah, Chargers win that one. Uh, Seattle, Jacksonville. I mean, Jacksonville's Jacksonville. They they suck this year. So, yeah, um, Seattle's going to win that game. Washington and Denver. This is a, this is a kind of interesting one. You know, both teams struggling. Um, I think... Denver, I, I think Denver wins that game. Uh, Tampa Bay and New Orleans. New Orleans has been playing a lot better than I think a lot of people thought going into the season with them not having Drew Brees. But Tampa Bay just has too much uh, to to they will overcome New Orleans. Although I will say, with that being said, this game is in New Orleans. It is at the Superdome. 
So that home advantage that New Orleans has been famed for, that could play a factor in this game. It's going to be a very close game. It's going to be a very tight game. But I think in the end, New Orleans wins it out. And then Minnesota and Dallas, barring something crazy happening, even with this being Minnesota, I think Dallas wins this game. Giants, you know, Giants are going to take the wave of momentum of beating the last week and beat New England, or beat Kansas City and make Kansas City's woes even worse. Uh, no, no, it, it's it's not. Not to mention it's in Kansas City, so yeah. Between all of that, Kansas City. Um, um, I thought of I, I thought of the other day. Um, well, actually, I really thought about this mostly last. No, I thought of the other day. I thought on Wednesday while watching. Uh, watching the NBA. The NBA this year have decided and and maybe I bring this up as a talking point next week. And if you want to get your thoughts in on it, you know, be sure to call on in. Or if you want to call in right now, real quick, three two three seven eight four nine six eight one. That number again, nine three two three seven eight four nine six eight one. But the NBA has decided this year to change the uniform combination uh, going from, you know, the traditional white, you know, home team white, uh, away team color jersey um, to now being home team is the color jersey with away team white. And I'm torn on this. Because on one hand, I I I'm more of a traditionalist. I like the white, the home jersey being the white jersey, and the away color, away jersey being the colored jersey. And it's also because you know that's how it's always been in baseball. It's been white home, either gray or a colored jersey on the road. Um, and I know a lot of people are gonna say, and it's it, it changed, you know. One of them changed a while back. The other one changed, I think, in, I want to say, it was early early to mid-2000s that they changed this. But, yes, I know the NFL and the NHL do, do it this way, where, you know, color jersey is, is jersey, white jersey is the, is the road jersey. And, and soccer does it as well. So I I understand why the NBA is doing it um, to make it streamlined with the other sports. Do I necessarily agree with it on the other ones? Well, I think think mostly just because it's been that way for so long now that I can't even think of it, with the exception of the Cowboys, obviously. The Cowboys still do white home and, and the and the blue on the road. But they're play- the, the Cowboys are wonky. They, it's weird with the Cowboys. But, you know, traditionally they've worn white at home and, and blue on the road. 
but outside of that, I'm I'm sure I'll get used to it. But I personally just I prefer the white, especially in the NBA for basketball. I think I just I prefer white for home and then colored for the road. That's just my personal opinion on the matter. I'm sure people would would disagree with me on that. But I mean, like I said, I'll I'm sure I'll get used to it. I'm sure As of right now, it's just it's weird me looking at a game. It, it's weird turning on a game, and I know, I know actually for a fact, same way with hockey when they first changed back in the mid two thousands. Um, that it just felt weird to have you know the color jerseys be the home jerseys, but I'm sure I'll get used to it. But it's just, it's still just a weird, a, a weird thing. Um, it's just something weird to you know, kind of get your mind around that this is now this because it's it's weird turning on an NBA game now and having to try to figure out who's the home like who's who now, you know I. Now that I know that they switched it, it's a little easier. I can just say, oh, the color jersey is is X. You know. But when when it first happened, when I first saw it, I was very, very confused uh, by it and trying to figure out what what in God's name was going on. Um, But yeah, so so that'll just about wrap it up for me uh, this morning. Uh, before I sign off over the last couple of weeks, just because, like, for one, for a number of reasons. For one, because I just I want to grow, especially into areas that haven't, you know, you didn't grow up in on it. For two. You don't, you know, a lot of people down here, at least in the past, I'm sure said, oh, you know, I don't have a team, so I don't have a reason to watch. Well, you have for two decades now in in the Hurricanes. So, you know, go watch some Hurricanes games. Let's play hockey down here. Let, let's expand hockey, and uh, let's enjoy some good uh, – some good brutal fun. That that's that's all I gotta say about hockey. Hockey is just good brutal fun. You know, and it it's not that hard to understand. You know, if you can understand football and you can understand baseball, you can easily understand hockey. You know, hockey is not all that complicated to figure out. And you know what's great about it too? It's the one sport. Well. Maybe outside of base, well, even baseball, even baseball, you know, if you do a bench clearing brawl, it's going to be ejections as a result. So, you know, let let's watch some hockey. 
hockey is the one sport that you can fight without, you know, outside of combat sports, is the one sport that you can fight with every So, yeah. Now, if you haven't tried it, now, you know, and what's great about it is ESPN Plus has every game, every yeah. market game. You don't have to pay for, you know, center ice anymore. It's great. This is a great time to either be or get into hockey. So go watch some hockey. And that's how I'm going to finish off the show with the NHL on ESPN theme uh, this morning. So hope you guys enjoyed the show. I'm Brandon Biscobing saying so long, and we'll talk to you guys next week. So long, everyone.